0: Hey, this is Lee. I really hope you've been enjoying the Business of Marketing podcast. It's from marketers and for marketers, and my intention is to bring you value, experiences, and insights that you can use. Also, if your company would like to have their own podcast, I would love to help. The team at Content Monster specializes in B2B podcasts, so if we can help, contact me at contentmonster.com. That's contentmonster, M-O-N-S-T-A, dot com. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Listening to the Business of Marketing Podcast, where we have conversations with some of the most influential and thought provoking minds in marketing, sales, and business. And here's your host, A. Lee Judge.
0: Welcome again to the Business of Marketing. I'm A. Lee Judge. I've done a lot of work helping executives to be the content that others consume to speak on podcasts, to show up on video, and to allow their personalities to show through in their leadership. But the most popular roadblock I see is that they find difficulty in how to show up, what to sound like, and actually how to just be themselves. Today's guest is an expert in helping professionals keep it human, get past business boring, and begin creating engaging content. I'm excited to welcome to the show a keynote speaker, author, creative strategist, and improv comedian, Kathy Klotz guest. Hey Kathy, thanks for joining me.
1: Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I love talking to you. This is exciting.
0: I, I yeah, I've been looking forward to this because I know I mean I I, I can't hold my own to a to an improv comedian, but I'll I'll try to do my best. Um,
1: <laughs> your experience, you got this. Yeah, well, well I think
0: it. as we said earlier, I think the, the, the gods are being their improv today because on your side of the microphone we have a drill going on, the neighbor's pool.
1: Yeah you know, mine yep. have
0: vacuuming, so So, listeners, please uh, just roll with us in our improv as we hear noises in the background. We'll do our best to roll with it.
1: (laughs) Right, it's ambiance. Just, just think of it as like you know, like flavor and ambiance. You're welcome.
0: There you go. go. I don't, I don't have to add sound effects because we have them added in for us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So, So, Kathy, I love it when people, when I see people who have been able to bring their whole selves. Um, including their natural talents and passions to the business world. So tell me about your journey in bringing improv comedy into uh, your lessons in business and marketing strategy.
1: Wow, that's such a, a great question because uh, for the longest time, it was really separate. I lived like two different lives. I actually started in tech and came up through um, Silicon Valley where I still live, tech marketing and storytelling and communications and that I would be doing comedy six, seven nights a week on stages. And I was having these parallel tracks in my life. And a lot of the lessons I was learning on improv stages and stand-up stages, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so applicable to the work we do. How to connect with other people, how to yes and? how to listen, how to move content forward, how to move ideas and people forward, how to be more creative, how to, on the fly, uh, be able to drop the script and adapt, all the things that we need in business. And I started to try to bring some of those lessons in, little by little, and they started changing a lot of the work that I was doing. And at some point, fast forward, you know, many years, I was like, this is silly. I really should just make these the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I left to really start that business and bring the two together. And it, it really came from really seeing how this worked on a stage and thinking, you know what? This could totally revolutionize business. Why isn't business working this way? It's got to it's gotta work this way and and i saw the need and and that really kind of uh, was the catalyst
0: wow well help me help me paint this picture Kathy. you you meet with a stiff over jargoned executive team and yeah. that team has been tasked with being a part of the content creation process by being the experts in in audio, you know in audio and video content how do you um you know you know that their their company culture is a bit boring so where do you start
1: you know, it's so true. Sometimes we're, we're so caught up in our own jargon and our own filters and looking at things from our lens. And one of the biggest places to start is even in the most boring industry, the most boring industry can be fun and probably has stories. So the first thing to do is to really remove the filter of looking at it through your lens and start asking curious questions about what your customers know. Mm do you think your customers know that? What is What do your customers want? And when we start to ask those kinds of questions, it gets us out of our head, out of our jargon, out of our stories and our, as the company being the focus and really about, well, what, do, what could be interesting for them? Do they know these stories? Oh my God, we have all these stories and our customers don't even know this. And what it does is it allows for us to look at it in, in whole new ways And you're absolutely right. I take the jargon away from them. I'm like, you cannot use jargon. No jargon. (laughs) These are banned words. Acronyms are banned. You cannot say any of those things until you leave tonight. I don't care if you do it at the bar, but right now you can't do that. (laughs) And what's really interesting is that at first it's a little weird for people. What I see, Lee, is that people open up and they're grateful and they feel liberated. That once those constraints of we have to talk about these things are removed, they realize there's a whole world of fun and focusing on your customer and fun behind-the-scenes stories that they've never told. They've just never looked at it that way. And every team, every content team, in my experience, is super creative. If they're not creating, it's because there's probably some culture constraints that are keeping them from looking at it in a creative way.
0: Hmm. Now, I've been that that marketer before who was tasked with Talking to this, uh, getting this uh, this thought leader to to speak on video, not sound robotic, not repeat the bowler plate from, you know, whatever the last uh, sales pitch was. Um, do you find that there's often they have pressure themselves and there are fear to break out of that shell and be more than just the bowler plate?
1: Oh, it's absolutely that. That is the single greatest fear. It's like, we're so constrained by, well, we have to th- do this because our, co- our competition is doing this. Or these are the words of the day, right? Just keyword stuff in there. Or mm. we're so constrained by our own thinking of what we think is important and our own story that we forget that the customer, A, doesn't care. B, doesn't know. C, again, does not care. <laughs> Five <laughs> times, 0. seven through 10, your customer does not care. Um, and I think we're so used to um, think in a certain way. And it is scary because once you actually take those away from people, at first it's a little bit of like resistance, but I would say that what people pretty quickly realize is that once you take those constraints away, you actually free them up to actually think differently in ways that they hadn't been encouraged to think before. So what if you talked about your team? What if you talked about some stories from your customers? What if you t- told Your customers' customer stories, the way you help your customers take care of their customers, that could be interesting. What if you actually told the scenes behind how the products are made? Um, There's so many human interest stories and ways to think about creating content that are really, really human. And it's just a matter of, oh my gosh, we didn't think that way. And now we can. It's also, there's a lot of, you know, we're so connected to too much so, like, okay, our competitors are doing this, therefore we have to do that. Absolutely the opposite. Mm. It is not a competitive benchmark because if your customers are doing A, B, and C and talking about A, B, and C, the only way, the only way to stand out and be fresh and to have new ideas is to to do something they're not doing. So I think we just have to give up this whole, well, they're doing it, keep it up with the Joneses. It's like, well, right, but the Joneses are boring. They're boring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've worked with some very, I'll just say very, very conservative organizations, and so taking what you just said about you know being more human, I think does being human mean, of course, injecting more of your personality into the story and into how you're communicating.
1: Being more human to me can mean a couple of things. It starts with in, in injecting your personality, yes, because a brand has a personality, as we know, We, we know a brand has a personality, but isn't it interesting that all of a sudden we're like, okay, marketing has to have a personality, but then everywhere else in the culture, we clamp down on personality. But there's no way that your marketing team can all of a sudden have a personality if the culture is telling them the opposite. So then we get mad at marketing. I'm like, marketing, why aren't you being more creative? Get back in that box and be more creative. And yet marketing cannot aspire to better than the culture that they're swimming in. So a lot of it is the content team culture. It's the larger, you know, company culture. So we have to actually bring more personality into it. We have to get rid of the jargon. And we also have to think creatively about what would be interesting for the audience to know. We just have to stop thinking with our filter. And one of the things that I think improv really is about is co-creating with your audience. Why do we have to create all our own content? Where is it written that, Marketing must come up with all its content. There's nothing that says that. You could co-create with your best customers, your audience, You know the people who follow you on Twitter, ask for their story ideas. It's just a matter of reminding people that when you collaborate, which is what improv is, and you build with other people, you're going to get better content and better stories.
0: Something you said a moment ago, I think it was accidental, but it it caught my attention. You said to marketing, get back in that, get back in your box and create something. I thought That was a metaphor or a pun in there somewhere,
1: which leads leads
0: to this question. Get back in your box, because we do tend to put marketing in a box.
1: We do. Um, We do.
0: Even the thought leaders, they feel like they're in a box. Like I Mm -hmm. can... I can show some personality or I can get creative, mm-hmm. but only within this corporate box. Mm-hmm. So how does one, say, say you're a thought leader and you're asked to, to be the face of a new product or the company or whatever. How does that thought leader get outside the box, maybe push the line a little bit without going too far?
1: I think a lot of it is that we've not given people permission to experiment. So I think what we have to do is not just in marketing, but in the culture, we have to make some safe spaces for people to try to experiment. Part of what I hear from marketing, I hear it all the time and I hear it elsewhere in the company too. It's not just marketing. It's like, Kathy, we have these objectives and we're told to hit these objectives. And we really don't feel like we have a safe space to fail and experiment. And yet- Yet, one of our objectives is go out there and innovate. And people are like, what does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) So we want innovation. We want creativity. We're not willing to give people a little bit of freedom to experiment, to figure out what works. So part of what has to happen is thought leaders everywhere in the organization have to make it safe for people to try different things. Now, it doesn't mean they can go whole hog and put anything they want out there from the company Twitter account. It just means that let have the open discussions about what is possible. What can they go innovate on without permission? What can they go try? Um, give a little bit of creative latitude. The biggest thing that is happening is that the companies that are very static struggle with this. And the companies that have humor and playfulness and all these other things as part of their dna you see that their marketing teams are, are more nimble and there's absolutely a culture creativity connection
0: Now where does this start from does it start from upper management or, or legal in some cases mm-hmm. i mean where does where if you're in an organization oh, and you want to uh-huh. help open things up a little bit you know as from a marketer standpoint you're going to fill the box but if you yeah. want to push things and say you know what Even if it's looking at your competitor, like, hey, our competitor has loosened up a bit. They have a few stars within the company who are getting the company positive attention. But you know, the organization you're in isn't there yet. Where do you go in the organization to perhaps start loosening up those strings some?
1: I think it has to start everywhere. I think there's both sort of the top of culture. There's also your team. So I kind of look at it as a macro and a micro climate of change. So yes, culture needs to change to make sure people feel supported. Products, innovation, marketing, they all need to feel like they have some wiggle room to to create. I also think if you happen to be a leader and you run content or you run marketing, you can set the tone for your culture. Have the open conversations with your team about what does creativity look like? What kind of latitude do the people in your team have to experiment and create and you know, go do something fun and just see what that experiment ends up being. And I think these are really open conversations. So if you do run a a content team, I think you are in a perfect position to discuss that openly, have that, break down those walls and, and have those conversations. And I'm willing to bet in a lot of these really, really boring, big companies, they're not even discussing it. It's not even a conversation people are having which is really sad to me. So if you want better marketing, let's have those open conversations.
0: I want to go back a second. We, earlier, we were talking about jargon and it really ah. hits me talking about being open in, in, in B2B situations, particularly whether it's video, or audio, or, or especially in written content. Um, it reminds me of a case where I was in a meeting at a, in a B2B meeting. And I thought back a few months before, I was in Israel and I was... I guess I was riding along the road and I saw a billboard and it was an ad for English lessons. And this billboard for English lessons had a picture of Samuel L. Jackson with his famous line from Pulp Fiction saying, English mother, do you speak it? (laughs) (laughs) And so (laughs) I was floored by seeing that and just thinking about, wow, it's a class for teaching English. And it says, do you speak it? I was just floored by that. So now, whenever I'm in a meeting, like a sales or marketing meeting with executives, and I hear a bunch of jargon going through, that yeah. phrase comes in my mind, like, English, do you speak it? I'm like, I've I've seen an executive talk for 10 minutes, and at the time, the CEO was bold enough to say, you didn't say anything. Like, what did you just say? Can you, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes we we'll even catch ourselves. So you know, let's go back to that. I mean, yeah. how do you, I think you had a phrase, I don't remember the phrase you had on your website about, it was a jargon, yeah. or a jargon something. It was a phrase you said yeah. that, um, kind of empowered, like people who just talk too much jargon. How do you, it, yeah. how do you address that?
1: Well, first of all, like Sam Jackson's the best because like, as you were talking, I just, I think the perfect metaphor for jargon is like when he's like, I don't want any mother effing snakes <laughs> on <a> <laughs> my. <laughs> anyway. No mother effing jargon in my room. Exactly. And I think somebody could say that, and that would we would all laugh because it's so true. Like Sam Jackson is the the spirit guide of, of like, you know, making, keeping us on track. And I you love know, that so much. I, I got
0: to bring one more fiction <laughs> quote in there too, because I, I I hear him saying, oh, <laughs> oh, look at Brad with the big brain. Okay, Brad. And I'm like, I think I heard both of those phrases when that particular person in the meeting was talking like that. I was like, Oh, look at the big brain. Now communicate to us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now say something that matters. Yeah. And like okay, so we we have to invoke uh, Sam Jackson for all these meetings because he's he is perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. Um. And that's a funny way to break the ice and bring it back too. Um. The way that I think we have to really do it is just I I like to set teams out with a we're not going to speak jargon. No jargon. Monoxide poisoning. I call it jar, getting jargonstipated. <laughs> Don't get jargonstipated. Don't do that to your customers. Like. So I make it a rule if I'm working with a team. We're not going to talk talk jargon because nobody talks like that. In fact, if you talk like that in a bar, people would punch you. They would walk away. There's like nobody would talk to you. Um, We don't talk like that. So let's not do it here. And what ends up happening is if you make it a rule – and you laugh at it and you do it with humor, then, then people don't feel shamed. They also are reminded to come back and say it again in a human way. So what are we really saying? And I think we need—we all need to be the, the people in that meeting, take turns rather than let one person bear the burden. But if we could all be Sam Jackson <laughs> with all his brilliance and, and question and challenge it and say, you know, what did you just say? Because that is some mother effing <laughs> snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane is jargon in your marketing. It's say the same synergy things. one more time. I dare you. Say synergy <laughs> one more time. <laughs> say synergy one more time. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. Just one more time. Like seriously, And if we did that with humor, it would challenge us all to say it better and say it differently and hold ourselves accountable in a fun, lighthearted way. <laughs> so yeah, challenge each other to... And not in a mean way, but in a Mm lighthearted way, I think we can get past jargon. But if all we're doing is jargon, not only are we um, not saying anything of substance, but if we are using jargon, we are losing our customers. We are just losing them. And it's just, my God, marketing works way too hard to lose customers because of jargon. I mean, they're not working their buns off to like lose their customers that way. So yeah, be like, be more like Sam Jackson because he's the
0: best. That's a, that's a book <laughs> title, Market Like Samuel Jackson.
1: <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, well,
0: speaking yeah. of book, now both you and I, we, we've been on some of the same speaking circuits, especially when it comes to content marketing. Um, and, wow. you know, you've got a book with a t- title that I love. The book yeah. is Stop Boring Me, How to Create kick wow. Marketing Content Products and Ideas Through the Empower of Improv. So tell me more about that book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the, the book, Lee, is all about sort of principles of improv um, that, you know, we think of improv as, oh, that's stage. But what I've done is I've taken a lot of the big uh, principles and rules of improv and I've distilled them in, in, into a book that shows you how to apply them to storytelling, how to apply them to coming up with new content ideas, how to do brainstorms that don't suck. Um, where we're actually coming up with really interesting ideas and how to actually make it fun and safe for people to contribute. So when you think like an improviser, you yes and people, you make ideas welcome, you, you make it okay to challenge the status quo. And that's how you come up with these amazing ideas as a team. Uh, you're not you're not crapping on people's ideas. You're not yes budding each other. You're yes adding each other, and in just that simple sort of you know one of the big rules of improv, um, if you apply that, and each of these exercises has sort of a here's how you apply the rules of improv, um, you know you can use it to come up with ideas that you probably never would have thought of before, and that's where it starts to get your your brains thinking in different ways. Yeah. it's fun. Interesting,
0: it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Well, I'm sure that your sessions were really fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe want I tell you. And I, and typically, when I when I see you on an event, if it's like a content marketing event, I'm there as well. It's, our schedules just haven't matched up, so yeah. I'm going to make sure, make a point to add you to my agenda to make sure I get a chance to see you. Um, Love that. It's been a real pleasure chatting with oh, you, Kathy. My so before gosh. we yeah bef- yeah before we go, please. Tell me you know, where we can find you online and even more fun in person at one of your improvs.
1: Oh my gosh, such a big question. So feel free to reach me at keepingithuman.com. That's my website. You can also link in with me. I am on LinkedIn um, at Kathy Clotes Guest. You can find me there. Um, gosh, uh, so right now I'm back doing live speaking, which is exciting. I'm also doing um, a lot of improv and stand up comedy these days. So you might. Uh, be able to catch me at, at one of my, uh, up uh, uh, events. Um, I teach improv in the Bay area. So in the San Francisco Bay area for uh, dragon and Para theaters. So if you are looking for an actual improv class, I offer that as well. So many yeah. ways to reach out.
0: That's great. In fact, I, I went to an, imp- I, at a sales kickoff, we took the whole sales team to an improv Love it. and they learned a lot from that. And so yes. I encourage you, especially from the Bay area, Call up Kathy and get your sales team to learn some improv. they will be better salespeople.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And not just because it's, it's great. And I teach it.
0: <laughs> so it'll be great. It'll be great when you teach it though. I'm sure.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I'm always learning from you. I love what you do. And, uh, I have to say, Lee taught me a lot more about my own audio and better audio. So you can learn a lot from Lee. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, and, and especially Kathy, Kathy. thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I really enjoyed talking with you, laughing with you. That's, I guess, that's the thing you you really aim for, right? You yeah. had me laughing today for sure. If we're not
1: laughing, it. if we're not laughing and doing this, then you know what? That's a day wasted. So let's not waste a day. Let's learn. Let's laugh, and and that's how we we lean into being better. So yeah, thank you. Absolutely.
0: All right. And thanks to my listeners, to the listeners of Business of Marketing Podcast. If you're listening to the podcast and also want to see Kathy and I, video the podcast, others will be available in the podcast section of contentmonster.com. Thanks again, Kathy. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you for listening to the Business of Marketing Podcast, a show brought to you by contentmonster.com, the producer of B2B digital marketing content. Show notes can be found on contentmonster.com as well as aleejudge.com to continue the conversation be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform